Hello and welcome to Mellow Pod Part 2 2021 from the team behind Not Often Heard. My name is Gary. My name is Mark. And my name is Alex. And we're going to be discussing semi-final two of Melody Festivalen 2021. Mouthers! Yay! <laughs> so this is Sweden's competition to pick their entry for the Eurovision Song Contest. And it is the biggest music show across the country. And it's become a bit of an obsession of ours over the years. <laughs> so let's launch straight into it. Semi-final number two, some familiar faces alongside some new ones, and a couple of brand new hosts that have also been taken part as competitors. So we had Oscar Zia and Anis Demina. Or Demina. I can never remember how to pronounce his name properly. I'm sorry. I think he called himself Demina, Anis Don Demina. Ah, Okay, so Anis participated back last, last, uh, last year. year. Yes, last year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And of course, Oscar also competed a few years back as well. Yeah, I remembered Oscar. I don't. Re- not Oscar. I remembered Anis. I don't remember. Oh, you pups Percy weren't. And no, pups weren't okay. watching at that point. <laughs> but no, I, I think I, it was a little bit before my time as well. I, I was very <laughs> glad to see Anis back because I, I quite liked him last year. As a competitor, I thought I really kind of liked the song that he did. Mm. I can't pronounce it, so don't ask me to. Demi Samos. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I, I didn't particularly like <laughs> the song, but he grew on me as a performer and a presenter based on uh, oh, yeah. his, um, mm. his gig last night. So I really appreciate came I came away with a new appreciation of him. Yeah. Um, I like his wardrobe here as a presenter better than I did his wardrobe as a competitor last year (laughs) (laughs) from that weird like gold what was it it was like a gold shell suit wasn't it yeah Uh, he wore in the heats i think he wore like a purple tracksuit and then he switched to gold for the final well i I I think it was velour wasn't it Mm. oh it was horrible Mm, (laughs) i I don't like shell suits but we'll get into that later (laughs) they kicked us off foreshadowing they kicked us off with uh, a great rendition of the Swedish entry from 1988, Stardy Use by Tommy Schorberg. Um, really good kind of remix version of a power ballady 80s song. Yeah, uh, it's, it's what you kind of want from an opening of any kind of song contest or performance piece or anything like that, because it's the sort of thing that gets you kind of up. Like if this had mm. been live and there had been like a, a big audience there, this would have really kind of got everyone ready and excited and energetic for what's coming up. So I thought it was a really good opening act. Mm. They would have lapped it up. You're right. I agree. So they are presenting duo alongside Krista Bjorkman for this evening. And uh. they became an un. I don't know, an unlikely comedy pairing. I thought they did really oh. well. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought I thought they had some really good on-stage chemistry. You know, they were... They were even, even though, you know, I, I don't speak Swedish, so I didn't understand what they, particularly what they were saying, because I haven't mastered how to put the subtitles on it yet. You will next <laughs> like week, though. <laughs> I will by next week, I promise. But, no, I thought that, you know, it, there was clearly that really good chemistry. They were 
riffing off each other quite nicely. Yeah, I thought I thought it was they made a really good presenting duo, and I think I'd, I'd mm. like to see them do more presenting. I do for think, like future stuff. Mm, I do think based on last night's performance, they may have secured themselves a gig for Melfest for next year, possibly yeah. the whole six week run for them too. I think I would enjoy that. Oh, that would be great. Just just six weeks of these two riffing off each other. (laughs) So it looks like SVT have also made a few tweaks this week compared to uh, last week's show. Uh, Remember I mentioned how I found the atmosphere noise that they were piping in behind the presenters was a little bit distracting? Mm -hmm. That kind of pub slash stadium background trying to replicate what would happen if it was in a normal setting i found it distracting that's all gone which i'm pleased to see and replaced by just a a low backing bed so that was nice i also uh, noticed after each song you then got flashes of like zoom videos of fans holding up the signs yes like you would when it's in the arena you it cuts to somebody in the arena waving at a certain banner of support a banner or something yeah a poster yeah, yeah. so i've seen a few things doing that not just like malfest doing it but a lot of these shows mm. are doing that with zoom audiences i know like a lot of british shows like strictly master singer mm-hmm. i know a few of them have done the thing of having zoom audiences in exactly and it was noticeably absent i think from episode one and I remember remarking on it how it felt a bit flat and the atmosphere wasn't quite right and MGP was doing a better job. Mm. So Perhaps that's something that they noticed from the first episode and decided, right, let's 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 put the feelers out, let's get see if we can get people like fans in on this Zoom audience thing for when we film for we broadcast episode two. So mm. yeah. do, you, do you think do you think guys? SVT listened to our podcast. <laughs> we, we can wish. We can <laughs> dream. <laughs> a man can dream. <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's that song from Man of La Mancha? To dream the impossible dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case, hey, Dor, we love your show. Thank you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, I want to say a special hello to uh, Schlager Grandpa Christa Bjorkman, as he was called this week, if he is listening. <laughs> Schlager Grandpa. That's what he called himself. It was Schlager General last week. Now he's Schlager, Schlager Grandpa. General. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. One. Good old Bjorkman. Taking social distancing rules so well this time that he actually had to stand on a completely different stage <laughs> for the first bit of it. Did you notice that? Like in the in the first episode, he was on the same stage with um, Lena. Yeah, Lena. And then in this episode, the first time we we see him, he's on a comp- It looks like he's on a completely different stage, like all the way across from Oscar and Alice. It was just like, oh, it's like someone someone had a go at him for for not, too adhering, close. not mm. adhering to social distancing, <laughs> trying to make up for lost distance. Yeah. So anyway, shall we dive into the songs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, let's start with melody number eight, which is Anton Ewald and New Religion. Can so, I just say mm-hmm. my favourite song of the night by oh, far yeah. and away? This was this was a good. I was surprised how much I liked this one. 
I I I usually go for something. I usually go for a lot of the more like, uh, like campy Eurovision entries. Eurovision That's camp. My favourite. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, but this one I really liked. I thought the staging was really good. I thought the lighting was really good. The choreography with the dancing that came into after the first chorus was mm. really good. It reminded me very much of sort of like almost kind of like Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson kind of because it was it was very quick, very sort of hit the mark, move on. It was great. I enjoyed this it. This one was yeah, this one was a, a a performer. What did you think, Mark? Mm. Yeah, uh, I for me it, it, it hit all the right buttons. Um, uh, the words that sprang to mind, are, I thought exactly the same as Alex. Very Michael Jackson in the choreography. Very quick, sharp, very on point. I like the fact. Do you know what? It, it had a traditional verse, bridge, and chorus, mm -hmm. which I loved. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although I do think in, in his first performance, uh, I think he sounded a bit breathy a few times. Maybe. He was a little bit nervous, which is understandable. Uh, and, um, yeah, therefore his vocals thought were a little bit out in that first performance. Mm. But, uh, yeah, later on, brilliant. Really good. Enjoyed. Catchy. Mm. Yeah. Really good. And in, in terms of what he was wearing, I would wear the heck out of that jacket they had on. Oh, it's almost <laughs> like a little... That wonderful leather jacket with, like, the gold fringe. I was just like, ugh, I want... It's kind of Bolero-esque-ish. If that's a little a word. bit. That's what I was mm. getting from it. And I was thinking, it, my mum would probably wear that. She'd like that. Alex and Aileen. I don't know what that says about either A, your mum, or B, me. But. <laughs> I'm not sure. My mum either wants to dress like somebody in their 20s or you want to dress like somebody in their 70s. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good either way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Anton is no stranger to Melfest. Now, I'm not sure if the dates align on this properly because he was apparently a dancer for Velvet when she performed The Queen in 2009 at Melfest, at which point he would only have been 15. Or sixteen at most, very young. Um, he then pro he progressed. He was a he was a dancer for Danny Salcedo when he did Amazing in twenty twelve, and then he participated as an artist in his own right in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, and then kind of moved slightly back into the shadows as a songwriter and and choreographer and things like that. So this is marks the first time of him doing Melfest for about seven years. And it was nice to see him back on stage. Yeah, he had that signature dance move a little bit like Michael Jackson, didn't he? Where he would basically grab his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, I think Oscar quite appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little I bit of going on Sorry, there. Go. Yeah, I will say, I, th I felt, and I loved it, it was a very gay semi-final. <laughs> 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 yes, I do like the theme that they had written down in the Melfest Bible for this. It's described as rhythmical, cocky, flirtatious. <laughs> I think yes, yeah. tick I, tick I tick. <laughs> yeah, and I like the laser cage as well that they built for him. Mm, that was yeah. really cool. So, well, job well done. Um, it was one of those 
songs I think that was a grower rather than an instant banger. I've come back to listen to it mm-hmm. the day after and gone, you know what? I like that a lot more than what my first impression was on the mm. night. Okay, uh, on to song number two then, which is uh, Julia Alfreda and uh, mm. her entry. If we can bring it up, it was Rich, wasn't it? That's correct. Now, Julia, we spoke about this a little bit on Not Often Heard, was the entrance that won the, the radio competition. Am I right? Yes, that's right. P4 Radio yeah. in Sweden run a, a new artist competition every year and a slot in Melfest gets offered to one of the participants, not necessarily even mm. the winner. Um, oh, okay. No, she came sixth, apparently, in the contest. Oh, okay, right. But... There was obviously something that the Melfest producers saw in her really? as an artist, and so she was offered a ticket to Melfest. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, like, mm, mm, oh, I, I think okay. are we all sitting here mm, going, well, if you can't say anything, no. First, she would <laughs> not have been my first choice. If, that, if that's the one they, they, they chose, like, I'd have been interested to see what the other entries were. <laughs> I think, like you've said, Gary, they must have seen something in her and thought, actually, there's something a little bit unique, a little bit different about her compared to the usual, maybe the and use, usual, in air quotes, the usual Melfest entries that we would get. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there were things about it I didn't mind. I yeah. thought the kind of like the, the message behind the, the, the song about, you know, your inner wealth, uh, about what being what's inside is important. Great. Great for Melfest, great for Eurovision. Hmm. I just thought, I like the staging, all the screens in the background of the people lip-syncing along with her. Really nice, getting lots of people involved. Yep. I, I just sat there thinking, is it Eurovision? I'm not sure. It was it a bit remind, of a mash-up. It reminded me a little bit of um, Lord. Like, if you ever heard her music, mm. it kind of reminded me of that. Like if you ever if you've ever heard Lord Song Royals, and it even has kind of similar ish lyrics. Yes, I thought that. And mm. as good as that is, it I just I don't know, it just didn't sit for me as a Eurovision song. I felt like there was something very kind of one note monotonous in the vocals, and even then I felt she was straining some of those notes to get them out. Mm. And in terms of the way she how like I'm sorry, but that green jumpsuit is doing her no favours. It was horrible. Burn it! Khaki green is not a good colour on anybody. (laughs) I I will admit that, not my favourite, but I think she held her own against the other acts. And it's very difficult when you're a newcomer and you're up against established, well-known Melfest artists and songs and songwriters. Yeah. It, it can be difficult because, unfortunately, yeah. this this thing with the, the radio tie-in has been running for the last few years and it never works out, or it hasn't so far. The, the person, unfortunately, has always bombed out in their, ser- their semi and never got any further. Well, it all depends on how she kind of approaches things after that. You know, she could always, if you, you know, that's the thing of it. She's the newcomer, as you've just said. I say, you know... Give her a few more years, maybe give her a bit more experience about what it's like and how, you know, people 
get these Eurovision songs together, and who knows, mm-hmm. maybe in two, three years, she'll be back again on Melfest with a new style, a new, a new look, and <laughs> we might see something really good out of her. You really hate that jumpsuit, don't you? <laughs> that jumpsuit needs to be set on fire. <laughs> it was not nice. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Hopefully, we'll see her back in. But she has. Every reason to be very proud of that performance last last night. As I said, yes. she held her own. Yes. Golf golf claps. Golf claps. <laughs> okay, on to song number three, uh, which is Vol featuring Sammy, which is Ninety Toilet, uh, which is nineties. I think it roughly tra- translates as. Remember what I said earlier that I had a, a great dislike for shell suits. Oh, do you? <laughs> What's wrong with shell suits? They're comfortable, surely. <laughs> he can't even get his words, get his words out. out. <laughs> That's the thing, though, is that they are two very quite nice-looking fellas. You know, they have sex yeah. appeal. They have a certain sex appeal to them. And, as, and, and to quote uh, Lola in kinky boots sex shouldn't be comfy <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes I agree with you I dislike shell suits uh, like I, as well I, like I loved the 90s aesthetic don't get me wrong I thought that was great the bright colours the dance moves I loved that I just think you could have put them in something a little better than shell suits <laughs> but it, what what other what other shorthand way to say 90s more than a shell suit. Napco 54. There are plenty of ways you could have done it. Well, you know, if you were in the UK, you could, you know, have a T-shirt that says Big Willie Surf Shack or something like that. Um, <laughs> from Torquay or nu- Nuki, that kind of thing. That, that's very 90s. Yeah. That's, my, that's my 90s. <laughs> you had a weird, ni- <laughs> weird experience of the 90s then. But, but then I, I mean... But- then I don't remember half of it because I was yeah. about two, three years old. So <laughs> what do I know? I think, I think like what you've said, Gary, it's true. Shell suits are in many ways shorthand for the 90s, especially the early 90s. They were. And it's like if you didn't have a shell suit, like who even were you? <laughs> everybody, everybody had a shell I had, I had a few. It, it was just you wore them. They were the thing to wear. Just like tight skinny jeans are the things that people wear now mm-hmm. shell suits were what you wore in the early 90s yeah. it was fashion at the time true but, but having yeah. <laughs> we said no 90s 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 is all we've talked about yet i listen to that song and i don't hear 90s i hear mm. late 80s to be honest i think musically the late 80s do blur into the early yeah. 90s quite significantly i was about to say in sort of sort of late yeah. there is definitely sort of a blurring period mm. it's yeah. like with stock aching waterman that sort of thing mm. blurring into the 80s into the 90s i'm hearing yeah. drum machines and synths and immediately that recalls 80s to me but i suppose mm. i also have to remember that that's a uk frame of reference yeah mm. In Sweden, maybe that kind of that music could be very. Mm. That could be yeah. very nineties. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. That 
we, we look at it from our perspective of what we grew up in and the kind of music that we heard in the mm. charts around that period. That not might match up with what Sweden's experience was. No. So that could be absolutely playing to Swedish people's idea of the 90s and what they were hearing. Oh, totally. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the chorus more than the verses, though, because the verses were kind of oh, yeah. half rapping, half singing. Yeah. Not yeah. really my thing. But of no. course, very catchy. And, and, and I said, I love the whole 80s vibe from it, even though it was intended to be 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I can cope with that. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's all good. <laughs> okay, moving on to song number four, which is Frida Green. Oh, I will say that for me, this was the first song of the episode where I thought, oh, someone's actually properly belting out a tune here. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I really liked this one. Like, I, I loved the way it sort of picked. There was like the pickup with the drum beats in it and just the, the whole kind of ballad of it in general. And what I really liked as well is how every single like element in it was all coherent and connected mm. like taking like the the green from the dress into the background and even the fact that the the lighting matched her hair like the whole thing it was all one whole coherent staging in terms of look like they thought right we've got this is what we're looking at let's frame all this around it and it looked it was subtle, but it was beautiful. Mm. It, and it, then, of course, when they went into the key change. <laughs> yeah, classy is how I would describe it. Oh, yeah. yeah. We love a key change. <laughs> At first, when it started up, I thought it was going to be more of a country song, and I was I'm immediately start switching off because it's not my thing. But it did morph into more of a kind of mid-tempo, power ballady type uh, of song. You know, yeah. you mentioned the green frock and the red hair. She almost reminded me of that princess from Brave. Uh, <laughs> is it Mer- Merida, yeah. I, I said it reminded me more of something that someone might wear down the to like the like Tony Awards in the Emerald City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. It's very Emerald City glamour. Uh, and, and Shades of Hera Bjork from Iceland as well, also in yeah. there. Uh, and I like the fact that we actually got backing singers on stage, not being hidden yes. behind or just on a backing mm-hmm. track. It was good that they were part of the performance. And one guy's got an amazing afro. It was huge. It was glorious. <laughs> oh, the afro. It's, wow. There, I mean, there all. There he is. <laughs> and the, that afro should have had its own staging. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the lighting design for that part where it hits the bridge and it goes up was very good yeah. those streaks oh, of yeah. light they they the, the the design on that as you mentioned alex was really really well thought out so very yeah, impressed was a, this, this was, there was a lot of like thought and time and time put into this and this is definitely one of those examples of uh style over substance and how it worked really well in Eurovision. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I think the the word that you used, Alex, earlier, coherent, is a good word yeah. to describe the staging, the performance, the the uh, the the costuming and the makeup and the yeah. hair. It all 
did gel very well together. Yeah. Uh, having, but, but, sorry, go on. I was about to say, having a, a cohesion idea, I said this last week about having a gimmick, having a cohesive idea with, uh, like, costumes and lighting and all of that is also a really good gimmick. And I said the same thing about one of the other performances that we'll get to later. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, really good. I, I just want to make everybody aware uh, and tell everybody that they need to go and listen to Frida's song about Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> what would Greta do? <laughs> yeah, it, I, we've listened to it. It is quite good, actually. It's uh, probably not up your street, uh, Gary. It's a bit too. It is a bit countryfied. Uh, but I might slot it onto a not often heard in the future. <laughs> Great! So looking forward to that. Thanks. <laughs> Shall we move on to song number five? Oh, ah. <laughs> so Eva Reedberg and Eva Roos with Rena Rama Ding Dong. It sure don't mean ya ya Ding Dong. <laughs> wow! It does feel like. Um, SVT or Krista Bjorkman's looked at Fire Saga, the Eurovision movie, and gone, you know what? People love that song. We need something like that. Yeah. Uh, I did not I did not like this. Really? I'm just gonna say it now. I did not like this. I thought uh, like I just thought the whole thing was a mess. I I wasn't particularly fond of the vocals. The lighting did nothing for them, but as soon as I saw it of it because I I had to skip ahead because it was jarring a bit so I skipped ahead straight to the performance and missed their little interview here with and I looked at them and I was thinking why has someone put these two really bad drag queens on the stage <gasps> oh <laughs> shade and then the questionable choices with the backup dancers like well, what was yeah. those outfits what was that choreography it was like watching a pair of drunk ants at a wedding. It was just a mess. Well, I th- I, that was the whole point of it, wasn't it? That it was supposed to be really, really rather cheesy, I think, and very camp and kitschy, very kind of like Eurovision of yesteryear is what I thought. I mean, I will say, yeah, I thought the two uh, performers, Eva and Eva, I don't know which one's which, I apologise, Eva and Eva, if you ever listen to this, uh, but the one that's wearing, uh, that's dressed all in black, she did not know that choreo at all. She did not, and it was very simple, but, you know, I'll forgive her, she's probably, she's probably arthritic. I, um, <laughs> I wondered if that was part of the act, because she seems, there's a bit of kind of banter between her and, and Eva. Um <laughs> And I wonder if it was playing on that. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, you know. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're making a fool I of yourself. What, I'm not doing yeah. this. What was clear is they were having the time of their lives. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm there for that. They clearly <laughs> were loving it. And the fact that they were enjoying themselves meant that although I'm like, oh, gosh, this song, I could I still kind of like sit there and think they're enjoying it. They're selling it to me a little bit with that enjoyment. And, I it's not a good song. It's not my favourite, but you know what? For a bit of cliche camp Eurovision, it, it's one I'll song out of twenty eight. Well, exactly. Yeah. Here's my thought about you referring to it as camp. I see kind of what you mean by that, but my thought of it is, and 
that when I think camp, I think like really like over the top. If you want my perfect example of camp, look at Verka. Ver Verka was like when I think camp, that's what I think for Eurovision. I think if they, these two wanted to definitely bring the camp factor, they could have. They, they honestly, they could have done. This is one of those cases where more is more. Hmm. But <laughs> like, yeah. I know they did. They had the sparkles. They had the they had the glitter. They had the the, the catchy song. But they re they could have, they could have actually stepped the camp up more. Maybe they were pitching it more as a kind of 1970s style Eurovision stereotypical mm. song. Yeah, you yeah. think you know, ding ding dong, teaching that one from the Netherlands. I, I thought it was catchy and it would be what some people still think eurovision is all about today mm -hmm. um if you know somebody who's perhaps not as into it as, as we are um i don't think it's going to win i don't think it's going to get it's, it's not in <laughs> no. danger of representing your Euro, sweden oh. at eurovision that's no that's not a problem um no 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 no, no. it's a bit of fun and why not when you've got 28 songs to play with Throw in some fun. Let's let's try and target all demographics and let's have a wide range of styles. I thought the dancing pensioners was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, <laughs> a nice little knockabout. And it it made me think, you know what? It's like if you want a frame of reference, you're from the UK and you're trying to imagine what this is like. Think about if Scylla Black and Shirley Batty decided to team up and throw in a song for Europe. That's the kind of thing that I, I, you're gonna get it. Yeah, really, I thought they looked more like Anne Robinson, Susan Boyle, but <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we were speaking earlier, Gary, weren't we? And aren't they kind of almost a bit like national treasures of Sweden? Almost a little yeah. bit like that, the, like, the, like, the, yeah. like the sort of French and Saunders. <laughs> <laughs> They've both been active across the music scene and stuff like that since the '60s, so they are, I believe, reasonably well known. Yet. Not to Melfest. They haven't really uh, participated in Melfest. Um, one of them did. Um, Ivo Riedberg um, did Melfest in 1977 with a, a song called Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. But um, the other Ivo, it's a debut in it. But I'll. Yes. Why not? That's what I say. Indeed. Okay, on to song number six. Uh, that is Patrick Jean uh, with Tears Run Dry. Oh, next. Really? I like this one. Oh, I, I appreciate that, you know, he's got a lot of oomph behind him in terms of songwriting calibre. He wrote Move for the Mamas last year, didn't he? Yes. Um, and I like, again, the message, uh, he said it was about being good at letting go of the past which I think is, is, you know, is a great thing, especially with the, the past year that we've all had. Uh, oh, but the song was beige, and he was too high-pitched. Bring it down I'm, four octaves. I oh. rather like... I didn't mind the vocals. Like, I've, no, I've seen plenty of acts that have that kind of falsetto Yeah, oh, it just doesn't what feel... I, what I feel, though, is the, the dancers upstaged him. It was very um, artistic dance, darling, is what I, I put on my notes. Say, yeah, I was about to say, like, I'm not, not wishing to feel like I'm assuming anything, and I'm sorry if that it comes across for this, but 
Is he family? <laughs> I have no idea. Because <laughs> I got, I mean, I mean, respect to you, whether you are, whether he is or isn't. But there was something kind of wonderfully kind of sort of not not quite masculine or feminine, just sort of brilliantly sort of in the middle, especially in terms of the choreography. And that costume mm. as well, the white suit with the frilly cuffs and the kind of sheer top he'd gone on, yeah. so it's revealing a bit of chest uh, beneath the jacket. I have no doubt if John Nathan Turner was watching that, he'd be going, I found my new doctor. <laughs> That's an obscure reference, Gary. Well, the crosshair is Doctor Who, Eurovision. You know, it's there. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody will yeah, get yeah, that yeah. reference. Someone will. <laughs> I don't know um, who, but someone will. I mean, I got it, but, you know, only because I'm also a Doctor Who Ming Mong. <laughs> uh, but in terms... See what they have to put up with. Yeah. See what they have to put up with with these people. In, in terms of the song, though, all right. Um, not really grabbing me and the, it really bugs me it's another one of these songs that doesn't have a chorus it's i'm oh, going yeah. to play i i said that that's said no gary's gonna hate that there's no words in the chorus yes. please don't do that don't just do a bit of you know instrumental and say a word you can't call that a chorus stop it please instrumental instrumental chorus <laughs> i i i thought you could tell that he wrote Move for the Bombers as well because I, I felt it uh, melodically, I thought it was quite similar to it. Mm. Especially the, the opening few bars. I was like, that's very familiar. <laughs> On to song number seven, our final of the night, and it is Dotter with Little Tots. Mm. So she was hotly favoured last year when she did Bulletproof. She came second. Yes. I think, if I'm right, she lost by one point. Yeah. yeah. It was that close. Yeah, she's coming off from last year, kind of like one of the ones to beat, really. Yeah, mm. I, I, I agree. Uh, I think she's come off the heels of last year's entrance with Bulletproof. She, I think she's looked at it and thought, you know what? I nearly won that. So... I'm going to do virtually the same song with the same melody, but change the lyrics. I don't think the I don't think it was exactly the same. I think it was a similar a similar genre of music. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same as Bulletproof, but this you, you is another one. Listen to them side by side. They're similar notes, aren't they, Gary? Mm, the way she says "little tot," it's like "bulletproof little tot." It, it's it's the same or very similar notes. Yeah, the way it's I will done. say as well, this is the other one that I said was a lot like um, Freedy Greens, where everything, like the lighting, the costume, the music, it was all, it's all kind of, I've, it all felt very kind of thought together and coherent. Because mm. there, mm. there is a definite, like, style choice that has been gone that is very different from, you know, lasers bouncing off a disco chest from last year yes mm. like she's just thought right i'm gonna have uh, i'm gonna give you this style i'm gonna you know it's gonna be all black with that slick black back hair and i i really kind of liked this one like I, I i liked it more than i did bulletproof mm. like i think she's definitely put a bit more thought 
into this one and come across with a really wonderful sort of slightly dark edgier style it did feel like a, an evolution of bulletproof from last year um a good solid pop tune but I, not quite as strong as bulletproof for me it's i prefer last year's to be honest <laughs> that's fair i i i like the song i think it's a good it's a good song it's a good it's a good pop banger um i i don't like the slick back hair but that's just me um uh, yeah I, can i can we talk about the lyrics just for just mm. for a short time okay because as i was obviously we i had the translation up when i was watching it and some of the lyrics i thought were a little bit questionable now I kind of like alluded to this in our episode of Not Often Heard because there's, and I know this won't be the the kind of like the the thought behind it because I'm thinking the thought behind it was all about sustainability and don't repeat our mistakes, do better for the planet, that sort of thing. Mm. But there was the lyrics in the second verse. I'm just I'm just gonna read the lyrics out. And, and yeah, we're gonna find a new future, though we think we're being protective of our lives. We're going to hide like we're losers because we've lost another second of our lives. Is she kind of like referring... I, I thought, is she referring to like lockdown and quarantine there and saying, oh, look, we've been stupid at doing this. We've wasted all this time. But then I think I'm probably thinking too much about this. It could be the complete, What if it's the opposite? <laughs> what if she's saying we were stupid because we didn't heed the warnings we were being told what was going to happen we didn't lock down we didn't believe it was going to be a problem that kind maybe of thing. oh yeah maybe exactly <laughs> anyway <laughs> so on to the results so um through the first round of voting uh, unfortunately we lost uh julia with uh rich so you know as we said the radio competition winner tends not to do fantastically well at Melfest. The pan is continuing. But then we also uh, lost song number three. Uh, well, and 90s, the 90s song. I was very disappointed. I thought they would be, you know, at least carrying forward to the next round of voting. Were you surprised uh, at that result? I, I was surprised. I thought, uh, I thought Rina Rama Ding Dong would not make it through, if I'm perfectly honest. You thought that was going to fall at the first hurdle. I, I did. Um, I, I, oh, I'm going to sound horrible saying this. I wasn't too surprised about Julia and Rich because um, I think uh, that song was a bit different to a lot of the other styles that were in there and probably yeah. different from what I think the public were expecting of Melfest. But mm. yes, I the, in the first round, I expected uh, the same songs to go through apart from Rinna Rama Ding Dong, and I thought the 90s song would go through. Hmm. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out like that. Um, so, mm. after a second round of voting, our first directive finale was Little Tot from Dotter. Was that really a surprise, mm. though? No, 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 no. I could see why I mean, they got, I... on for, got her on first, because it would remove yeah. all the tension if they left her to the end. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got that song in my head already. <laughs> so you know, it, if it's in my head already, chances are it's going to do pretty well, isn't it? 
True. And our second chances were number four, Frida Green, with the silence. Yeah. To be honest, I wasn't sure if that was going to get through. I was um, 50-50 about that one. Mm-hmm. And the surprise qualifier, Lena Lama Ding Dong, song number five. I could not believe it. Uh, I really couldn't. But actually, um, so when they announced that, that obviously uh, that, that had gone to Andrew Hansen. They'd obviously therefore left behind Anton Ewald and Patrick Jean. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was actually actually quite clever because it raised a bit of tension because I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know who's going to win here. Both, I actually think strong, it could yeah. go either way. Because even though I wasn't a fan of Patrick, I thought he's got that style that, you know, it's very modern that a lot of people are going to like. Mm. I, I don't think anybody was more surprised about, about Renorama Ding Dong going to second chance than them. <laughs> either and either. <laughs> Uh, the looks on their faces, they were like, what? what? We've got to do this what? again. <laughs> their jaws whoa. dropped. <laughs> whoa, whoa. This was a bit of fun for one night. We were, <laughs> this was just a laugh, okay, guys? <laughs> you weren't supposed to vote for us. <laughs> I, w- I was incredibly surprised because I thought, yes, it's got its place and it's a bit of fun, but it's a bit of fluff that's going to get knocked out. Yes, I, it's exactly the same. Didn't get knocked out. But we've been, you know what, this has happened before with, um, there was, um, I think it was Oa Thornquist, I think his name was, several, a couple of years back. He was the oldest competitor at the time, he was in his 80s, with a very old-fashioned show, I think it was Boogie Man Blues. And I listened to it and thought, oh, it's old-fashioned, it's it's dull, that's going to go nowhere, that's going to be a first boot. And he got all the way through to the final, I think. Wow. Well, it's definitely second chance, at least. It was just, wow. Mm. So it shows I know nothing. <laughs> it's obviously a it, shit. It shows there's an appetite for that sort of music, doesn't it? Yeah. I think. Mm. So on to the last reveal. And it was Anton with New Religion that got the ticket to the final. And sadly... I'm surprised by that. Yeah, Patrick gets knocked out. I was surprised about that. I, I, I was sure it'd be, it would have been New Religion uh, and uh, Little Tot, I thought, would be the director finals, as they were. And I thought The Silence and Tears Run Dry would have been the second chance. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't. So I know nothing. No. So, <laughs> I was very surprised. Um, I did see a little... Uh, some people grumbling um, on, on social media. Uh, about that result. Um, it was mainly aimed at Anton, interestingly. Because you, um, you, you, I'm sure you noticed when you you saw his reprise, um, he he was so overcome with emotion that he stopped singing it a couple of times. Mm. Um, and the, But what people were saying was, was when he stopped singing because he was overcome with emotion and he couldn't carry on at certain points... It was showing you just how much the backing track and his actual live backing singer behind the scenes was actually carrying it. And I don't know, there was a bit of shade being thrown there, I think, about him not being strong as Patrick Jean vocally, and actually it's his backing singer that's doing the heavy lifting. 
Well, that might be the case. Um, but uh, I think, although it is the Eurovision Song Contest, I think we'd be naive to think that it, the staging and the actual performance and the singer itself doesn't have some impact anyway. Definitely. So, another semi-final is over. Yes. We're halfway through. We know half the songs already. It's kind of a bit sad. (laughs) It's so brief. (laughs) But hopefully um, we'll get some bangers next week because Queen Charlotte Pirelli herself is taking part (laughs) in semi number. It's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. Definitely. We hope. We hope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's about it from uh, us this week. Join us next time on Mellow Pod, where we'll be discussing semi final three. And let's see if uh, the bar gets raised even higher. <laughs> Until next time, it's Heydor from me. It's au revoir from me. <laughs> it's goodbye from me. 